In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. I'm Ben, you've guessed that by now. We're going to be talking about the one-all draw against Chelmsford and a Tuesday night trip to Weston, another one of our local derbies this season. Uh, We've got a couple of guests. The boss has returned last week and he's back again. He's been in the BBC hot seat. Ian Perkins, how are you? Good, sir. I'm all right. I'm really tired. I think I might start going to church just so I can actually use Sunday as a day of rest because... In my house, Sunday is never a day of rest. Have you got end of the six week syndrome? Uh, I think so. I mean, yeah, I had I to. We, we've aired out the tent, so I've actually had to get the tent down today in the garden, um, in amongst a load of other camping related things. So it's kind of been a bit of like packing up without actually going anywhere. Right. Okay. Um, also. <laughs> Dave's not here. Why is Dave not here? I don't know. Why's he Dave? went. He went camping at the weekend. He's airing out his tent. Dave's airing out his <laughs> tent. So we needed a sub, and we uh, used our subs a lot over the past few weeks. So we've called on up him again. The super sub. It's the fox in the box. Chris Fox is with us. Hi, Chris. Hi. Uh, you all right? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, all good. All good on this Sunday evening. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful part of the world. You were at Hewish Park. I was. Yeah. Stood in the usual place. Stood in the usual place behind the goal, yeah. yeah. Next to your old man? Next to my old man as well, yes. Yeah, he was back. Good. Um, You two were there. I wasn't. I listened. The dulcet tones of Ian Randall and Ian Perkins, the Ians. Yeah. And I've since watched the highlights, but you guys were there. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what happened and how we get on with going forward and getting back to winning ways, hopefully on Tuesday night. So I've, I've pulled up the... The match report here, but actually we need to start before kickoff. We need to start on Friday because we got a goalkeeper in. That was yeah. something that happened. Um, Joe Day, who was until about 4.55 a Woking player on loan from Newport County. But at 5pm, he was a Yeovil player on loan from Newport County. It's been a strange couple of days in the build-up to this game. Let's talk about the goalkeeping situation first. Will Buse in favour of an experienced goalkeeper in the form of Joe Day. Um, Ian, I know it was in your conclusion, so I'll come to you first. Were you surprised at A, the switch, and B, who the switch is with? Uh, I wasn't surprised at the switch. And, I mean, I don't really, I, I mean, I don't really know a lot about Joe Day before. Obviously, load bags of experience and played at Newport County. Um, but, I think, I don't know, I felt like we needed some experience in in the goal. I think after Lewis Williams went away on loan, it felt like there's a big hole there. We need something. And 
I think the, I know there's been a, there's been a couple of mistakes from Buse. The defense has looked a bit shaky at points, and I just felt like we I feel like we did need some experience in there to help the defense. And well, he helped quite a bit on Saturday. Foxy, as as loan replacements go, three hundred EFL appearances. 33 years old. I mean, he's been there and done it and got a few T-shirts along the way. He'd been at Woking until recently, so he was kind of match fit, although he had missed the last couple. He does tick a lot of boxes, almost regardless of what you think of Will Buse. He, he does, yeah. He's the, the experienced uh, man um, in, the, in the net, really. And, you know, he's been there, done that. Um, I remember seeing him play a number of times, obviously, when we've... Uh, Travelled to Newport, or they've been been at our place, and I've always thought he was a, you know, a decent keeper. But letting six goals in one time against us, uh, I think at Newport. Um, but he's always been, um, you know, a solid pair of hands, and I think we probably just needed, maybe even just for Will Booze, really. I would say just um, get him out the firing line a little bit. Although you know he. He's made a couple of mistakes. He's a great shot stopper, but, you know, obviously the goalkeeping coach and um, Mark Cooper have obviously had a conversation and felt they needed to get that experience. So I wasn't really at all surprised to see uh, an announcement on, well, this week. I did text Darren Tarr. Let me just pick that name off the floor that I've just dropped in there nicely. I just asked him what what we think of this new keeper, because obviously he was at Woking, and he simply said... He's a great lad and he'll do really well for you. That was it. The extent of the conversation. How is this keeper going to do for us? He's a great lad. He'll do really well for you. Cool. Cheers, Darren. Thanks, mate. Okay. Football. Joe Day gets thrown in. He's got the wrong squad number, but he gets thrown in straight from the start. And then there was a little conversation on the Glover's Cast WhatsApp group when the team news was kind of filtering through and we were figuring out who was what and where and why. And it was five defenders but only four of them were going to be in defence and we had a defensive midfielder that was going to be a defender Ian when you were sort of at the ground and figuring things out what what was going through your mind when seeing that team news uh, I originally thought it was a back five until um, Ian came back from speaking to Mark Cooper and said it's a back four um, and then just sort of assumed oh well Josh Staunton's played defensive midfielder plenty of times He'll be the one who slots in there because we talked about a you know pace at the back and Morgan Williams gives you that pace centrally. Uh, so just thought it was going to be that really. And then when the warm up starts happening and you see the back four of uh, Bell, Staunton, Wannell, and Whittle, it's like oh, okay. So Morgan Williams is playing the holding role. He's the uh, He's the man to shield the midfield and uh, shield the defence. And I know he, he did that against Notts County, didn't he? Uh, when we played them at home, he basically shadowed Ruben Rodriguez for the entire afternoon. And I think I think Rodriguez got away from him once and they scored. Um, yeah, so, you know, he can he can do that before. Um, he's done it before and, and I think he seems like the type of lad that put him anywhere and he'll he'll master it pretty much. Um, so yeah, and then it was sort of trying to figure out the attacking shape because I kind of thought we'd be a diamond again, just because I felt like Young has been through the middle and I don't know, Nublé and Hyde up top seems like a decent little combination, but it or decent big combination. 
but yeah, it was a three really at the at the front. But as the first half kind of played out, to me it felt like they were all quite far apart from one another um, going forward. That was one of the complaints I had against. Who was it? Haven't? Haven't? Yeah. On the on the stream, Thomas uh, and the, Lou. Yeah, they, they weren't quite. Enough. They weren't quite together enough. And um, okay, then pre-match thoughts when you uh, in the in the Thatchers. From from you, Foxy, what what were you thinking when the team news filters through? Uh, when the team news came out, walking to the ground, and both my dad and I both went, "Oh, five at the back, or three at the back, two wing, wing backs." backs. Yeah, yeah. And one of my first thoughts was, "Ian's going to be fuming with with three five two again." <laughs> <laughs> but um, again, I didn't really take, if I'm honest, I didn't really take much notice of. Um, oh, Dogs barking in the background. Um, I didn't take too much notice of um, the warm-ups, to be honest. So I was a li- I still was thinking it was a 3-5-2 formation. And then when we started the game and I just looked and went, Morgan oh, Williams is playing a bit high up. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> he is actually playing defensive midfielder. I was sort of like, oh. So it's a bit surprised. A bit surprised. Like Ian, I thought Staunton could have played that role. But... Um, yeah, it seemed to um, start off okay, but yeah, I'm sure we'll go into the game a little bit more, in more detail now. Well, let's 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 do that then because I've I've listened to uh, Mark Cooper, to Morgan Williams, I've listened to Sammy Carruthers and Robbie Simpson, and they all kind of agreed that Chelmsford didn't get going. They both mentioned that they'd had a long journey and that their legs hadn't quite got into the rhythm of things. What were the first sort of 15 minutes like? Because I'm just reading the match report and there's um, little to nothing in terms of of Chelmsford. Um, but we got a couple of quick corners. We got a couple of sort of chances. Jordan Young was lively. Those first 15 minutes, what what were they like in? Yeah, we came out sharp, I thought. We, we certainly had a lot more of the ball. Um, we were knocking it around and, and sort of, yeah, Chelmsford... I think, yeah, listening to what their manager said um, after the game, it was pretty clear that opening 15 until that first 15 went past, they didn't really get into the game. But there was, I think the real big chance was one where they played it short back to their goalkeeper, like almost inside the six-yard box, really close up. And um, Young nips in in front of the goalkeeper, gives it to Nuble, and it's almost too close to the goal, really, when it breaks down for him to get a, proper shot away the keeper just jumps on top of it you can um, see a really just to say you can see a really good picture of that mike uh f- that takes the pictures that we use on the website has got a really good image on the mm. match report now of the ball almost stuck under the foot of frank mm. Nubel and three players including the keeper sort of chucking themselves at the foot of of Nuble. so yeah that was a good one sorry and I, I i just i have that picture open right in front of me and i wanted to mention it yeah no it was a good yeah it was a good a good chance, um, but yeah, like I said, almost you you kind of want that to break down a bit further away from the goal, really, where you've got a bit more time and space. So that that was kind of it, like the real big chance, and then really it felt like Chelmsford got into it, and I think it's fair to say, yeah, we we we, <laughs> I don't know, for me, it was a really entertaining game of football. Um, I thought it was a, like. <laughs> It was a really hard game of football, and by the time we got to the end of the game, 
felt like a really long afternoon because it was that classic Yeovil roller coaster of, you know, going down, coming back. But that first half, they created quite a few openings. I thought their their front, oh, their their front three, Carruthers, Ruff, and Jones, they caused us all sort of problems. And and Carruthers and Ruff just did not stop moving the whole time. Um, and it it sort of as the first half wore on, it was pretty much a case of one of their back three picks it up and everyone else just starts like running in and out of each other and it's all really fluid. And, and I mean, the chance that, that uh, I think it was um, Jones has, doesn't he, that Day has to tip over um, the one-on-one. I mean, that's, that's a massive chance, but that seemed to break down from all this like movement that Yeovil did struggle to deal with at times. It was also a very good save. I thought that mm. from day. Admittedly, I thought that the, um, he could have, the the attacker could have probably done a little bit better, where he could have actually tried to keep the ball down. Mm. Um, instead, he seemed to just sort of use the the pace of the ball to try and lift it into the top corner a little bit, as such. But um, he should, if he kept that down, I think Day wouldn't have had a chance of saving that. It was a bit of a reaction. A reaction save, being right behind it, it just looked a bit of a reaction save, and he got his got a strong arm to it. Otherwise, I, think I do think have... I do think he came out so quickly as well, though it was mm. all it, it was like proper top goalkeeping to to you know come out look sharp and really yeah. needed a strong hat. One thing yeah. I did want to talk about, I don't know if you could see it particularly well, Foxy, but there was the there was a tackle early on on Whittle from yeah. Barn and Bob. Which yeah. it was only like a couple of minutes in, but the referee just had a had a word with him and moved it on. But I thought it was a really bad tackle. It, from from where I could see, it looked a a bit of a fifty fifty, a a strong fifty fifty because they both sort of not jumped in, but they both challenged for the ball at the same time. I'm just going back and just trying to find. A message from my mate who was actually just right at that position, saying that tackle was savage, was his words. Um, Robbie, so, yeah, yeah, it was from Robbie Savage. So yeah, it it looked a a very um, fifty. It looked a fifty fifty challenge, I would say on on that front. I described it in the. Um... In the match report, I said, uh, Charlie Cooper forced a save from a free kick after Barn and Bob left a significant indent on the shins of Alex Whittle. Um, I thought um, Ian Randall's immediate reaction suggested it was worse than just a little chin wag and a don't do that again, mate. But could the fact that it had been less than, what, five, ten minutes into the game played a factor in the fact that nothing of more note happened? Do you think the referee didn't want to make a big call and set his stall out that early with a yellow or... Maybe worse. Yeah, quite possibly. Obviously, like I don't think it was actually shown on the highlights. No. Um, so you know, and being um, quite a distance away from from that challenge, it was it was difficult to sort of see. Hence, why I sort of described it as a bit of a fifty fifty, where mm. it looked like the ball was there to be won. And um, but yeah, obviously, you know, Ian sort of described it as a bit more more of a a meteor challenge and maybe something could have been done. But like you say, maybe it was so early in the game the referee um, didn't want to make a decision. Yeah, I just thought it was late, over the ball, quite high. And yeah, I think, you know, 
you've, you've seen, you've definitely, later in the game, that's definitely a yellow card. I mean, it, it makes very little difference. Barn and Bob went off injured later on. Um, probably has the best name in National League South as well. Uh, I don't know. I think we're going to come up against a good one on Tuesday. Better than Jazzy, Barn and Bob. Yeah, I think, I th- yeah. We'll get on to it later on. We'll have to put we, that out as a poll. We have we have got Jacob Jagger Kane. Um, <laughs> good net. First name for me, Jazzy, is better than... <laughs> I, I'll okay. Um, that injury to Barn and Bob, to old Jazzy boy, um, I've written here, listening into it, the break did the Glovers a favour. Jake Hyde tried to flick a free kick into a dangerous area. John Least unleashed a wayward strike a couple of minutes yet later. Did that break stifle a little bit of the momentum that they were trying to build in that first half? Because Robbie Simpson says that we had the second half, we had the first 15 minutes, but they had that bit between 15 and 45. That was their point in the game. But that break seems to suggest that actually it did us a bit of good. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it it was quite that, it was that same old story of huff and puff, really. There were so many diagonal balls trying to find Frank Nublay that were either too far, too short. I mean, I, I don't know how many headers Jake Hyde won, probably close to zero up against zero. Dave Winfield, who was, who was quite literally a giant at the back. And it just, it it wasn't until the second half that we started playing it, like trying to go forward on the floor and actually going round. Um, whereas it did feel like we were trying to get up, get it up to Nublay and Hyde. And yeah, when, when Jordan Young got on the ball and tried to come inside, I thought we looked a lot, a lot brighter. And it just, for me, he's one of the first names on the team sheet now just his creativity and his energy and his pace i think can't not pick him really um but it just yeah that this they certainly they certainly had the rest of the first half and then there's the header um as well inside the i don't know what minute that was in but that day has to make another good save another quite different save as well low having to get down quickly um that was a yeah a, a phenomenal save, and we, you know, we could have easily gone in two 0 down at, at half time. But could we have easily gone in two 0 up had Newble Newblade taken his chance? Had we been a little bit more clinical in certain areas in that early one? Had it is it fair to say it could have been two all, Chris? I I would say so. I would say so. For me, I've um, my first thought on the Newblade um, that chance. It, it to me it looked like he got the ball stuck under his feet and then I looked at a game today and I still think still think he did I think it is a difficult chance but that's what we what he's in the side for is to take those chances um and I'm sure we'll get on to our strike force in a bit but yeah I, th- I me, think neither of them did enough yesterday to start into I, I think Joe day had more saves to make. Yeah. Than Josh Oluwemi. Yeah, I, I think I think he had more big saves to make in the in the entire game than than their keeper did. I think we we did have chances. We did have like half chances, I'd say, or crosses across the box. But 
I think Mark Cooper said after we need someone to risk a, a bloody nose, which I think he said something similar last season. Um, mm-hmm. I think their keeper was worked, but not a full stretch in the same way that Joe Day was. I want to ask about set pieces because the highlights showed um, lots of set pieces causing danger, havoc throughout the course of the entire 90 minutes. It felt like the deliveries were good, both left-footed and right-footed, Young and Cooper, respectively. Um, They are uh, always a contentious issue because we were useless at them last year. Is there a sense that we are getting closer? I thought the deliveries were good yesterday. I thought there was no ones that were sort of cleared at the near post. The, the tactic seems to be get it deep to Jake Bonner and he'll head it back across. There was one in the second half, I think, that was a near post. Morgan Williams flick on that. Um, what was that first half? That was first, first half. half, wasn't it? Yeah, Morgan Williams flick on that just seemed to go agonisingly past everyone uh, inside the six-yard box. So I do think we are threatening from set pieces and I think Cooper's probably got a point about, you know, Someone needs to just whack their head in front of it and really throw themselves at it. And there was one, might have been that one you were talking about, but on the highlights where Jake Hyde's almost on the line. Yeah. And it goes past everyone, and you're just thinking, throw yourself, <laughs> ungainly launch yourself towards the ball there. Don't just stick a head out at it, throw everything at it, and you'll bundle it in. You're too close to miss. Yeah. And it's those little moments. There was another one, Jordan Young cuts in on his left-hand side and whips this ball in. I think the ball comes a little bit too early for Hyde, actually. But again, it's that thing of fling yourself. <laughs> like, something on it might be enough. And Jake Hyde scored one of those this season. So it's not like we haven't got that. Jake Hyde has done one of those. Cuts in on the left, whips the ball in, little flick on over the top. But it just didn't quite... Click before we get on to the second half of the introduction of of Murphy, change the game somewhat. Let's let's talk about the front two then, because two of our big summer signings, names, experience, goals, uh, reputation. Dare I say, I wasn't massively impressed with Nublay against Haven on the plastic pitch. I wasn't particularly um, impressed with with Thomas either. Obviously, since gone, Young comes in. What's not quite happening at the minute? For those two lads, what do we think? Um, well, Newbury isn't being played up front for a start. He's been playing left wing, um, which isn't his position. Um, I don't I'm, speak not, I'm not sure he's a striker. Yeah, I don't think I, he's I'd a argue he is a winger. Yeah. Well, speaking to... He doesn't look um, like a winger. No. Speaking to my dad today, um, he actually had one of his old mates is a Torquay season ticket holder and they were actually chatting about Frank Newblay today. Um, and he couldn't believe that we were playing Frank Newblay out wide left because last season he was being played down the middle and seemed to be winning every single header, was bringing the ball down and being that, that foil up front. Obviously, we haven't seen that Frank Newblay this season. Um, either trying, you know, he, he can win win a few balls, but I thought on Saturday, um, even he was seen to be out jumped by the defenders of of the opposition. So it, it's tricky. Um, for me, 
Um, Jake Hyde came with a bit of a like well both of them, but Jake Hyde obviously has come from Wrexham, but then Southend, and I don't think he's done enough at the moment moment to warrant a starting a regular starting position. To be honest, um, he needs to do a lot more. I think he he he. At times, it felt like on Saturday he was quite weak um, and wasn't really involved in the game too much. And as a sort of one of our big three strikers, um, I would like to see him do a lot more, to be honest. Um, and I think that's where, and we'll go into it a bit later, but when you've got three 30-year-old-plus players up front, we are missing that pace and Jake Hyde seems to be a little bit behind the play. Um, hence, where we've just been talking about with those flinging yourself at the ball, it's usually Jake Hyde that seems to be in that area and he seems to react a little bit too late for my liking. What do you reckon, Perky? Yeah, I thought Hyde, I thought they both struggled yesterday. Um but again, I'm I'm not sure we we played to their strengths. I don't. I there was only a few times we got the ball into Nuble's feet, and he was then jumped on pretty sharply. It, there felt times in the first half like everyone was kind of getting in each other's way a little bit. I think there was a moment where Whittle gets in the way of Nuble. Nuble gets in the way of Morgan Williams, and there's just a, a few little disconnects. I thought, hey, I thought Hyde uh, was that was probably one of his poorer games. Um, he didn't have any joy out of their defence. Uh, obviously, he misses that chance in the second half as well, which is guilt-edged. Uh, yeah, it there wasn't a pretty afternoon for them, and I think the uh, ovation that Reese Murphy got when he came on the pitch was a pretty much an indication of the feelings of most of Hewish Park yesterday. Frustrating, isn't it, from Hyde? Let's 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 get into the second half there. You've you've touched on it slightly with that chance. Um it's nil-nil and the general consensus is that we came out flying, all guns blazing. Um Ian Randall sounded really positive about the way we came out of things. Um Zach Bell was involved a little bit more going forward and there was that clash. Jake Hyde is trying to get himself a bloody nose and a, and a, a bang on, on the knee and all the rest of it, and does do that. And I wonder if that was the words that were, were said at halftime. And he thought, well, okay, then we'll get on with it. Um, but it's the moment immediately after that seems to catch everybody off guard. Everybody that is, except the blooming Chelmsford goalkeeper who makes a, a half-decent save. But uh, looking at the highlights, I can find... No excuse. He's got to score. He's got to find that composure at that big moment, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it sounds like Chelmsford, Chelmsford did kick off a little bit afterwards and it sounds like had we scored, it probably would have gone on a little bit more because Hyde goes off after getting treatment and the referee allows Chelmsford just to play out from the back with the ball after the incident. And they just knock it around and hide. I don't. I. I don't remember. I didn't really see if the referee called him on or not. But he. He comes on the pitch, and their defender has no idea about it. So he nips the ball away, and um, yeah, 
tries a little dink rather than just putting his fucking foot through it. Um, it was a weird one. It was a weird one on that because um, obviously me and me and my dad were actually talking about it, and the got chaps around us, and we were just sort of um, saying, obviously, oh, the keeper gets injured, and he, you know, has to stay on the pitch, etc. While as the striker who was also injured has to come off, but it looked like to me that Hyde went to go off and was close to the touchline. And then I think he, the referee must have said something to him because he actually didn't go off the pitch. All right. And he came and he was still on the side. And then that was when they then passed the ball across and Jake Hyde was just sort of sprinting back. And that was when he then caught the caught the defender off guard. And yeah, he should have finished it. Ben's got his hand up. The law says that if a goalkeeper collides with another player and they were both injured and they could both be treated without having to leave the field of play, so not to give one a significant disadvantage over the other. He definitely didn't get off the pitch. So they 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 would have kicked off and uh, it wouldn't have made a blind bit of difference because mm. them's the rules. Mm. Well, there but we yeah. go. Very interesting. Still should have bloody scored. Even even more reason to score. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. more reason to score. And oh. this is this is what confuses me because he had to have been alert to the fact that that ball was coming back in his general direction. Yeah. So he's clearly switched on enough. I watching the highlights. I wonder if it's too much of a distance that he has to make up. And in his brain, he's going through the different options. Do I, do I try the Peter Dinklage? Do I just completely smash it? Do mm. I go round him or whatever it is? Yeah. And in the end, he kind of does neither. Yeah. He kind of just little toe pokey tap thing and gets it all wrong. Um. For me, it's a it's a guilt edge. There's there's, no, there's nothing else we can say. He's, he's got to be scoring. He absolutely has to be scoring it. Um. Chances, half chances, good play continue to um, to come. I've got here Low Everton trying his luck. Uh, I've got uh, Zach Bell getting involved down the right-hand side. Low Everton again. Reese Murphy on the hour, though, it seems to be the difference. Um, makes a change. What are we looking at in terms of a formation change or even a style change? Anything, nothing? It was the same, really. Murphy was same. on the left. Yeah, so Murphy was on the left. It certainly brought more energy and mm. it felt, for me, it felt like Chelmsford were tiring and especially defensively. And I think it's not shortly, it's not long after that they make their double change, which really affects things again because it allowed them to press us higher up the pitch. We were just carving through them. Um, and their, yeah, their defenders were looking absolutely knackered. Uh, but we obviously couldn't capitalize. They make the change and bring on another big man up top. And um was another striker as well. Uh what was his name? Uh Hockey. Hockey who came on. Um and they started to get a little bit more joy at the top of the pitch. I think they had two crosses in from the left hand side, one all the way over uh to their wing back. I think it was Jermaine Francis, who he was really impressive, their right wing back. I thought he was really good. Um, there was, yeah, that had it been a striker rather than the right wing back could have, could have done something with it 
really there was a couple of those so we had to you know as is always the way we looked like there was still opportunities to be given up by us despite our dominance with the ball and then obviously that goes and happens and we have to claw it back again but I thought for the amount of possession and the amount of time we were in their half we should have made something happen I've got I'm reading here about crossbars being hit um one looping a header onto the roof of the net is it a simply a case of final ball final minute final moment of of play and stuff because listening in Ian Randall was talking about exactly like you said chance for getting tired they're giving up space they're giving up positions they're giving up runs that are, weren't being made in the first half we had chances to open them up and didn't finish them off yeah fair yeah. to agree yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. That, that's how it sounded that's how it sounded okay Right, final 15 minutes or so. John Stevens comes on. Let's have a quick word about him before we get into the, the craziness. That does bring about a slight change in formation, according to Ian Randall, off that there radio. Um, 4-2-3-1, a little bit more through the middle, through Jordan Stevens. How did how did he look in his first taste of uh, of football this season? It was, well, he, he only really, he had a brief... A brief moment, I think, pretty much. I felt like he, it was difficult at that point um, because it was, you know, we were trying to increase the, the pressure going for the goal. Um, uh, he had a couple of sort of runs down the wing, and he, I think, he cut inside, like on the byline at one point to try to pull the ball across. But it was quite nice to see him back, and he had a little bit of. He's, you could tell he's still, you know, he's got that bit of speed. To go past a, a player, which was which was good for me. That's what I sort of saw. But he's been out for so long; it's he's going to take time to um, get back up to match fitness, in my opinion. Yeah, I do think we need to be a little bit wary of being like, "Oh, well, now he's back. We're gonna yeah, be, we're going to be brilliant." Um, there was that moment I think that you talk about Fox, where he got to the byline and he slips. Just yeah. as he's about to pull it back, and they were queuing up. You've got Young, Murphy, and Hyde all there waiting for it, and he just slips right as he's about to pull it back. And it's those annoying little fine margins that if he doesn't slip, that ball. I think Jordan Young was in a perfect position, and there's, yeah, he he gave them something to think about that they hadn't had so far in the second half because he is a different sort of player um and i'm quite excited i I mean i think jordan young works quite well off the right hand side and i'd quite like to see jordan stevens off the left hand side and seeing how that works with a couple of pacey guys cutting inside doing bits in the future but it was good to see him back and yeah i think he will be he will be a, a big player for us but yeah i think that it was bright and annoyingly their subs made a difference. My match report simply says, then the sucker punch. Cross comes in. Josh Norton hooks it, slices it because he's under a little bit of pressure. Joe Day pulls off a wonderful save. Unreal save. (laughs) 
<laughs> there's no way in there's no way in hell he's trying to he's expecting that. Adam Mills taps home. He's just goal ever score in his life. Um shouldn't have been. Uh, <laughs> bloody Zach Bell, just clear it. <laughs> Doesn't that, react, was does shout, he? that was a shout in the wind of fractures. Just <laughs> fucking clear it. Yeah, he, he doesn't react, does he? He's on his heels. He's waiting yeah. for the ball to come to him rather than doesn't thinking, react. I'm doesn't make get the positive first. move. Um, look, it's a slight clearance. There's no, there's no fault on the on the part of the intent of Josh Staunton. He just mucks it up. A lot of love in the post match from their side for the guy that's putting him under pressure. A lot of love for the guy putting the ball in the first place. Um, Great save, but geez, just gotta be just just doing anything. And it's those, and maybe maybe he's the one that needs to get a bloody nose for mm-hmm. just get in the way of it, get kicked in the back, and actually it's a free kick. Yeah, put it out for a corner, and we can reset and and defend something. It's it's those, isn't it? It's he got a rollicking from his fellow teammates. I did I did notice yeah. there was a couple of them. I think. Um, I can't remember who it was now, but I did notice there was a couple of them just sort of telling him, just next time, get it out. Uh, But he just didn't react. He just didn't react, I'm afraid, which was disappointing. I mean, he's a young player. Yeah. And he'll learn from it, I think. Um, Here's the the Arsenal reference. Uh, Arsene Wenger once famously said, when you're a manager, you have to stand up and you pay the education of young players with points. And, you know, I think we all probably would prefer Morgan Williams in at right back in, in games. Uh, but he was in defensive midfield in that game. And, you know, I thought, I thought Zach Bell second half, I thought Zach Bell was a lot better than he was in the first half. He was a lot more of an attacking threat. I think he had a lot more long throws as well in the second half, and we saw a bit more of that. It was, um, but it was just those, those key moments, and uh, we're going to have that with young players, and that's why they're with us. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, um, six minutes, it's never over till it's over, and we do get a goal back. Morgan Williams said on Friday that he wanted to score more goals. He had a target in his mind. Well, tick one off, Morgan, maybe. Um, it's a bit of chaos, really, isn't it? It's just attacking play, a bit of chaos, balls recycled, laid off to Morgan Williams. Their manager in Avenue is Morgan Williams' goal. He's calling it an own goal all day long. Um, Our stadium announcer's not having it as Morgan Williams. Stadium announcer's giving it to Alex Whittle. Alex Whittle <laughs> yeah, that made that made us all laugh on the terrace when he's Alex like, Whittle picking the ball out of the mentioned. net, but he he's nowhere near it. Um, but we get back in it and it's kind of that feeling of, well, that's nice. But 10 minutes ago, please lads. Um, did they switch off at all? Or was it just a little bit of the, the fine margin of luck that hadn't gone against us for the previous 80, eight and a half minutes. I think that's exactly it. It was sort of a, you know, Morgan Williams was just outside, you know, just outside the area and it was sort of a, a pullback and it was a hopeful shot, which, I think was probably going wide until the deflection um, for the own goal. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was never give up attitude. Yeah. I, I thought they, they were, they were tiring and just, we were 
putting a load of pressure on. Have you seen that? I think there was a tweet. I think it was a tweet last night uh, of um, YTFC when they're 1-0 down and it was like a highlight reel of Barcelona scoring, <laughs> scoring loads of goals. <laughs> Just like carving teams up. And yeah, it was, um, yeah. I mean, of all the people to get the goal, it was Williams. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was a long afternoon and a very entertaining and quite uh, yeah, exhausting game of football to watch. Yeah. So it must have been hard work for the players out there. Um, yeah. yeah. And, I, and on balance, I don't know. I mean, Mark Cooper said that he thinks we should have won it. Thinks we had enough chances to win it. But I thought... The manager was... said that they didn't deserve to win it. Mm. I th- yeah, he said they'd take a point. And he said they were they, they were, were, they were chuffed with a point. point. In that second Carruthers half, was, was chuffed with a point. In that second half, yeah, but I just think I do think their keeper had more saves to make. Uh, our keep Joe Dad had more saves to make than their keeper. He's, a, I mean, one of the big saves they score off the back of it, but the other two were there. There's not any other highlights of us really, really stretching their keeper and him having to make. Big big saves. Devil's advocate would say that there's not any highlights of our defenders putting blocks on the line, diving yeah. at the no. players, and uh, our defense their defense has been busier. Yeah, but on a couple of occasions that our defense has even been bothered, it's been breached and our keeper saved the day. Yeah, I I I from what it sounded like, I didn't hear one on Staunton's name all that much because I don't think they were involved an awful lot. No. When they got forward, they did breach us, and that has to be a bit of a concern. But it just sounded like pretty much arm's length for most of the second half. That's yeah. the impression I got without yeah. seeing. It, yeah, know. no, it it was it was, but I think on the balance of proper chances and goalkeeper, how much goalkeepers yeah. were worked, I I think personally that a draw was a fair result. But you know, it gets Not, to that yeah. point: is should we have? Should we have been two 0 up by the time they score their one? I, I think I think that's it for me. It was I agree with Ian? I think the draw was a fair result. I think probably on the balance of play, we just slightly edged it. Although they probably had a couple of clearer cut chances, I think overall the balance of play. I thought we probably did enough to win. We just either weren't in the right place at the right time or we seem to just fluff our chances. And obviously, even right at the end, with um, Jake Wannell's header, that was a good save. That was a very good save from from the keeper, even seeing it back. Yeah. I felt um, at the time, obviously, it's difficult to see the angle from right behind the goal. Um, but it looked a better save on the highlights than, than what I first thought. I thought it was actually going across going across the goal a little bit more than it actually was. Um, and it was a very, it was another good save. It was a good save from, from their keeper right at the end. But. Okay. We're still one unbeaten at home. Yeah. Unbeaten at home. One all draw against the only unbeaten side in the division. Um. Any more for any more on the Chelmsford game? I'm just very aware we've also got to talk Western Supermare. No, nothing oh. else. Lovely. Let's talk Western Superman. Tuesday night, 850 in the away end. 
I'm guessing one or two in the home end, but we can't condone such things. Um, we'll see Yeovil go away. It is the first away game that is played on an actual football pitch rather than a carpet of black rubber. Yay. Yay, actual football pitch. How very nice of them to put on a delightful football pitch for us. Um, what what are we thinking then? They are in a not very good place. I heard a, a little snippet from their manager today. He is bemoaning injuries, loss of form. He's bemoaning um, all sorts at the moment. Doesn't feel good over by the seaside. But they have had a, a whacking great 6-2 win at the expense of Bath, who now top the table this season. So it's tough to know exactly what to make of them, but they are they're stagnating a little bit. What what do you think Tuesday night holds in story? Hopefully a uh, pretty good atmosphere in the away end uh, and a noisy one. Um I don't know what to expect because they, like I said, they came out of the blocks really the start of the season and it has all, all gone off the rails a little bit, but there's no doubt that they're, uh, you know, a, a a good team. You don't go and beat Bath City 6-2 unless you're a, unless you're a good team. Um, we just got to hope that we're not their springboard for finding form like, like has been the case previously. I think if we can go there and get on top early, maybe start the first half like we did the second half um, and really uh, put the pressure on, get the crowd going behind the goal and and supporting. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to know what to expect. And I know this, you know, this isn't really a derby because, you know, we've not had loads of history with Western Supermare in the same way that we did with Weymouth and Bath previously. Uh, this is the first time we've played him in the league, in a league match, um, such as how far <laughs> up we've been compared to them. Uh, so I think it's just, yeah, who knows what to expect. I think we just need to go out and perform and probably get this away result thing off our backs because obviously two away losses so far on crap pitches. Uh now we've got to go and do it on a decent pitch and make something of it. And some of these players would have played there before in pre-season when we've, I think we played there last summer, didn't we? We had a pre-season. We played it every there. summer until they became a proper fixture. <laughs> we beat them 1-0 last summer. Uh, Alex Fisher penalty. Won all the season before. Dale Grubb and Tom Knowles on the score sheet. Sorry, Ian. Um, two all the year before that. Grubb scored a penalty again. Yeah. Douglas and a trialist. Mm. Yeah. So I think they're a team that obviously won their league last year. Loads of momentum, winning mentality, and all of that jazz. Um, but we've just got to try and upset them, and hopefully our quality will will show. Um, I think that'll be the big thing that we actually want to see an away performance from the team. And I think that's where there's a little bit of pressure. It's probably even on the on the team for this, I'd say, because exactly that is that we've had two away games so far, and you know, yes, they've been on plastic pitches. There's 
that excuse that oh we're on a free four G no excuse we can't play 4G. against them. I know. <laughs> but we're on a grass pitch. If we're wanting to be a playoff title challenging promotion side, you need to regularly pick up points and win away away from home. And for me, we, you know, I feel we really do need to get a result on uh, on Tuesday. Anyone want to hazard a guess as to how many days it will have been on Tuesday since we last won an away game? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Excellent. I was hoping for a number, but no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 160. Um, more 200, more <laughs> 300, less oh, 219 okay. days. It'll be since dagging them away on the 28th of January. So there, there is a little bit of a hoodoo to put to bed, and that's comes with all the asterisks that it comes with at the back end of last season and all the shenanigans. And we get that, and that's fine, but there is still that thing of. Let's go away and be dominant somewhere. Let's go away and and do that. And I think that that's what I think a lot of us are looking for now. Just to kind of, I have no problem with us playing well against a good team at this level in 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 the form of Chelmsford, and taking that point and getting away. So long as you back it up in isolation, that one point might look rough. If that one point is backed up with just another one point against Weston, then you kind of go, that's not a good enough return. Get the four, and you start to think, okay, fine. And it's it's those other little hoodies, isn't it? So that result at Western might make the one yesterday look a bit better or worse, depending on how it goes. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think going into these two with knowing what Chelmsford were about and how uh, how they're you know unbeaten towards the top of the league, I think I'd take four points, you know, four points from these two games within my expectation. Um, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Let's be under no illusions here. If Western Supermare have got injury problems, they've got one suspension, we think, and it's yet to be really confirmed by anybody, we think Dale Grubb's suspension has been overturned. He was sent off for what looked like a really good tackle on a little clip that I saw. <laughs> Very good tackle. He's been sent yeah. off. Looks as like that, according to the FA website, has been overturned. And as such, he yeah. may well be available. Um, but let's be under no circumstances here. They're parking the bus, right? I, I don't think, so. think they will. I Not. think it's, uh, it's uh, you know, I know it's, but we're obviously a big team in this league. Um, they will see us as a scalp, and I think they will. They will start. Um, they'll go. I think they'll come at us early doors, and we're probably going to have to. Um, we're probably going to have to withstand a little bit of a barrage. I'd say first five ten minutes um, of the first half, and we'll need to be really solid before we can probably get our um, style of play and foot on the ball and um, get get forward. Um, I think it will be a tough start and we'll need to really be on our toes to not concede early. And if we don't, if we don't do that and we can then get into the game, you would hope that our quality w- 
get us through um, get us through for a victory. See, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not totally convinced. I think uh, you know it happened at the weekend that teams tried hitting us on the break. Happened at Truro. Teams tried hitting us on the break. I think they will sit in because if you you know some of the criticism that has been leveled at us is that you know we don't move the ball quickly enough in those attacking areas. Certainly a lot of the comments on social media, how it's sideways, backwards, not quick enough. Um, I think if we want to be, if teams want to get something from us, they'll sit in, try and let us break them down and know that they can hit us on the break or something could go wrong and and they'll get a goal. I, I don't know. I think it almost seems like a, a good way to set up against us at the moment. It feels like that's been the pattern of, they can have 45 minutes of if you can break us down, good luck. But then the second half, we'll try and build into the game. Mm. Is that fair? Certainly what haven't did, they they had a right go in those first few minutes because we didn't get out of the blocks. But after that, they sat in, kept themselves compact, and we got into the game and got our two goals back before half time. That's how I presume that teams are going to be going against us. They all say the same thing. It's the same cliches of... Look at the quality they've got on their bench. Look at the strikers that were playing in divisions above below. Oh, we've got to find an extra 10% in games like this. We've come here to a big ground with a big um, um, attendance, a great support and all the rest of it. It's all the same cliches that we surely were expecting. And I'm assuming, assuming that Torquay are getting at the same time of everyone's, we're everyone's third round of the FA Cup this season. And everyone's finding 10% more because it's us. And we just got to figure out a way to get around that. Yeah. No, I agree. I think we need, and I don't want, I think uh, Chris Angelo is probably listening to this and livid that you've said it's everyone's cup final um, or everyone's everyone's third of the cup. And it's like, I don't want that to be, I don't want that to be the narrative in the same way that I don't want every time we get on a plastic pitch, the narrative is, Oh, we're not very good on plastic pitches. Oh, we've lost because it was a plastic pitch, or you know, that's not what that's not what we're saying or the club are saying, but that's what people feel at the moment that you know the plastic pitch is a barrier to results. It's just these annoying little <laughs> narratives as well on on top of um, on top of going behind and having to come back. And. That's that's not us. That's not just us that's feeling that. Mm. Scott Thorpe felt a bit of that. They lost away at Curzon Ashton. They drew against Alfreton. They're finding that in the north. They're doing better. They're second. <laughs> they 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 have steamrolled a few sides. And I think that's maybe the difference of what we've maybe lacked is that feeling of we haven't yet steamrolled somebody. Um, but no one's going to let us. That's not how it works. No, that's but how Mark, it works. Mark Cooper's dropped that dreaded quote, hasn't he? Saying at some point we're going to put a few past someone which I remember Darren Sahl saying and never happened and I seem to recall one Ben Barrett saying it last year after Barnet <laughs> and it never happened <laughs> that really never happened did it Jesus <laughs> so I just down. hate that when he said at some point we're going to score a load I'm just thinking oh that never happens after someone says that <laughs> I'm fully on um, <laughs> Mark um, James then team changes are we making changes Jordan Young's a shoo-in. What, what are we doing defensively then? Because that seals like being the way. There's nothing really we can do. Do you do you bring Jamie Sendles White in at somewhere? Do you, do you 
maybe give Zach Bell the, the night off. How do we how do we go about it? I think Worthy comes back. You think he's gonna be ready? That's quick, it's a quick turnaround. Mark Cooper said he hoped he'd be ready. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well that's good with he said he hoped Darling Worthy he said good. Worthy he hopes Worthy will be hundred percent for Tuesday because they rested him yesterday. So I think Worthy comes back in. I, I think I'd like to keep the same shape. I mean, it's that whole balance um, of, and this might start another point and we need to go into questions at some point. Um, it's that whole balance of, are we setting up against the opposition? So Saturday was three up front to go against their three defenders and match them up. Or should we just play you know, focus on ourselves, play how we want to play and make the other team have have to deal with it. And it's that difficult balance. Like, you know, I, I banged the drum for 4-3-3 for, forever um, on this podcast. And I think the back four, for me, that back four of Williams, Staunton, Wannell and Whittle is is our strongest four, especially now with Day in behind. Um, the... the Cooper Worthy debate is an interesting one. I, I, I don't think we've got a better centre midfield. I don't think there's a better another midfielder who's better than both of those two. If and... not even Morgan Williams. <laughs> My worry is if Worthington is not fit at a hundred percent, whether we want him to be or not, I'm not sure we've got anyone to match the engine of Charlie Cooper. We haven't seen ours. There's no way ours is match fit. He hasn't kicked the ball. He might have to come in and do a job if we're going to go with Williams at right back. There's no way he's got that engine to be match fit for 90 minutes. If Worthington is in any way, shape or form not the engine, I, it, I'm i really, that's my area of concern is that little pocket where Charlie Cooper would just be an engine room getting everything done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sonny, Sonny's got an engine. And he yep. was sort of deeper as well as part of that midfield. Um, yeah, but it's... It, it'd be interesting to see if, if Worthington wasn't fit, we would probably maybe have Morgan Williams playing that defensive midfield role again and having um, sort of Sunny Blue dropping into the the Charlie, well, the Matt Worthington um, role or Charlie Cooper from Saturday, where that's where he played, and and have him there, a bit further back, and um, yeah. Okay, okay, that's Weston, the Ruben Reed Derby, El Rubigo, as it shall uh, hence be known. I thought it was a Sheridan Robbins Derby. The Robbins Ruben. The Robbins Rubicon uh, Derby. The Robbins Rubicon Derby. Okay. I felt like there. I felt like there was another word beginning with R there. I could have used for some alliteration, but it's not. It's not there. No, never mind. It is not on a Sunday Repetit. night. No, no, don't bother. Let's go to questions. Okay, Rumble. Oh, okay. Robin Ruben Rumble. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. There's. Despite the fact that we didn't lose, there are lots of questions. Um, so here we go. I okay. So John Margus says Charlie Cooper turned and told the fans to f off after a misplaced pass received a chorus of boos. 
At what point do you think a player responding like this should be considered unprofessional, especially with young children watching? And do you think mouthing off at the fans can ever be justified? Uh, so I, I mean, I saw Charlie Cooper turn and and sort of have a pop at the fans. I think it was one particular block in the main stand where the shout came from. Um, didn't see what he said because he was turning the other way. Uh, I don't know. It feels a bit... <laughs> the whole young children watching feels a little bit... Um, yeah. I don't know. I went to football when I was a young kid and it didn't stop people swearing around me watching the game and it doesn't stop people swearing in terraces or shouting <laughs> dogs abuse at people. So, I don't know. You can't have it one way and not... <laughs> I, I don't think... People should be shouting back at supporters, but at the same time, I think to be like, oh, the language, think of the children is just... (laughs) Do you think Charlie Cooper meant to misplace that pass? (laughs) No. So why why give him grief for it? Yeah. There's there's just no need. If he says please at the end of his F off, fine. (laughs) He's polite about it. Crack on. It's, It's football. Um, I know we pay our money to to watch and give our views, but if someone, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a game of football, and like you say, I've heard worse, probably heard worse language shout, you know, from the terrace um, shouting to players. Um, I hear a lot worse, you know, the goalkeeper being called all sorts of names. Um, it's not your dad, is it? It's not my dad. No. Oh, okay. Usually David Coates. To be oh, honest, okay. When he's there, I'm pretty um, sure I've called you worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but, but, yeah. I think it's been a mountain out of a molehill, to be honest, personally. But probably manager get said after the game, no, before the game, end of the last game. What was it in the press? He said the fans. He talked about how when the fans are better, the players want to play better. And when the fans are more negative, it negatively impacts the players. That is a prime example of they hear when you moan. They're hearing you moan in exactly the same way that they are hearing you try and suck that ball in from the Thatchers. It was mentioned on commentary. It was mentioned by Simpson, their manager. He said, when they're attacking that second half, that crowd, they were really trying to suck the ball in. We've got such good support that that can be flipped on its head. They hear those boos those moans those groans and that's not doesn't feel like anyone benefits from that situation at all so no i i do agree i do agree on on that point but also sort of say when the play the football's better the crowd are more more Mm. positive i think that's where then the grumbles come because yeah, we were maybe moving the ball quicker, um, etc. Yeah. And there was misplaced passes. Well, they're not Premier League players, and even Premier League players misplaced passes. Yeah. Let's be honest; it's not. We're not going to be all perfect. It's not, you know. But yeah. Okay. Next one. Uh, Chris Fletcher. Considering Cooper has repeatedly said we weren't clinical enough or we lacked the final pass. At some point, does Cooper need to accept the technical limitations of non-league players and set the team up to throw it in the mixer more often earlier in the game? It seems that we work pretty well in the closing stages when we're chasing the game, and I feel like Hyde and Murphy would come alive in the chaos. 
That's a good question. I see. I thought in it, parts of the first half we were trying to throw it in the mixer, but getting very little joy because they had such a giant, giant defense. Um, I mean, I think I do think we try to do it. I do, <laughs> but yeah, I, I felt for me it's we. I felt that we still continued to to, to play the way we did before their goal. We just played it quicker. And I think yeah. that's when um, the games, the other, the previous games um, at home that I've seen, when we've played it quicker, that's when gaps open up. We started to play it quicker. As soon as, as soon as they scored, obviously we then needed to get a goal back. We can still continue to play the way that we had done. We just played it quicker. And that's what we need to do. For the, for a full ninety minutes, and that's what we've I've not seen so far. I've seen like sixty minutes. We've done that way. We just need to keep. We need to um, move it a bit, bit quicker, in my opinion. Without wishing to go off on too much of a tangent, we've all seen the quite frankly tedious and boring moans that that Yeovil fans have had over the past few weeks about the style of which we are playing football. But Foxy, there, you're the first one I think I've seen actually give. Uh, an answer in so much as urgency, the word urgency seems to be the key here. Now, going back to the original question, where I get confused as someone who isn't seeing this, who is hearing it or is watching or is seeing and reading bits and pieces, just getting in the mixer is a complete 180 degrees from people who are moaning of, they're just lumping it forward. They haven't got any clue. Well, it can't be both. You can't say, should we be getting it in the mixer more? And then on the other hand, have fans going, well, why are we just lumping it forward? You, they're not mutually exclusive. They have to, you can't have both. I think we just have, I think we just, we seem to be a very divided fan base. Incredibly <laughs> All so. the time. Incredibly but like, so. like now it's, it's almost like the pitch, the on the pitch stuff is now the focus of, of the division. And now it's, yeah. It used now to it's... be the ownership that ruined my Sundays. Now it's the fans. <laughs> <laughs> right. On we go. Uh, da, 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 da. Why, Tim Hubble, why do we continually concede sloppy goals? It is really going to cost us in the long run. Genuinely, I was wondering if, because, as we alluded to earlier, we haven't actually been put under massive amounts of pressure. Is there a concentration element to this where we're in sort of the ascendancy for the most part of that second half and they catch us. They catch us a bit cold. They catch us having not dealt with anything for 10, 15 minutes at a time. And we just lose half a bit of focus to stop that cross coming in or to switch off and not do the clearance that Zach Bell should clear. And actually, it's that little element of concentration. But again, I haven't seen those moments. I don't know. It's kind of me mm. backing that question up more than anything for you two to I mean, have an answer. The Hemel game, you know, there was the sloppy goal, the mix up between yeah, Bell and Buse. The goals against Haven't, I think they were all pretty. pretty well, that was not turning on from the start, wasn't it? Those first um, goals. Yeah. Yeah, the true. I can't remember the Truro one. What's the Truro go, Foxy? Can you remember um, that guy? On the break. I, yeah, I think it was. More yes, it break, was on it? the break. Yeah, they they yeah. caught us on the break. It was a question yeah. of offside, but wasn't offside. Yeah. Yeah, it was a counter attack, and their their players were quicker than I had a good finish. And that's the thing. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't have called Saturday's goal a sloppy goal. It was just a bit of a loss of concentration. I wouldn't say that was sloppy. It was a good save. It 
Bel- Bel just didn't react quick enough. I, I say think that was sloppy. When you listen to when you listen to their manager, and and I think um, Carruthers said the same, how their goal comes off the back of them keeping the ball for a bit, moving it around nicely. They get a cross into the box. Yeovil have, like you said, Yeovil have had to start, you know, had to think about it when they've not had to think a li- for a little while defensively. Staunton gets a little bit caught up and tangled up with that pressure and, it, you know, the rest is history. But there was an element to them knocking it around nicely and making us work, which then creates that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Right, Nick Hayward. Uh, Nick Hayward is the we found his picture with the dog, didn't we? Last week, the dog yes. is called a big Ron, big Ron, and he is, I think, there's an accurate, there's an accurate <laughs> adjective before that, before the name. <laughs> Ron is very big. Uh, he says, I look forward to your discussing thighs as long as they're not yours, as uh, I think there was an autocorrect mix up, um, in the question. Uh, to answer your question, throw. Did we ask a question? Is this where Dave's asked asked yeah, a question? He, he asked if it was two points dropped or one point gained. Okay. Well, uh, Nick Hayward thinks it was throwing two points away. I'm not. Convinced. That feels to be the general consensus. They're yeah. delighted with the point, aren't they? Yeah. His question yeah. is, I'm not. I'm not convinced with what's happening on the pitch. But is it too soon to start getting on Mark Cooper's back? Yes. Say yes. it again for those at the back. Yes. yes. Yeah. I think for me, I think I know a lot of fans have obviously got, and rightly so, have got last season still in their head, which I get. Last decade still in their head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Head. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think what we've got to think, yes, it's, it's probably not been the start that everyone, a lot of, I say everyone, a lot of fans were expecting. Um, but I think we've, we've, we've obviously lost two away games granted, um, which we really probably shouldn't have lost. But you've also then got to look at we're unbeaten at home. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've had a couple of draws in that, but think of last season. I, I don't even that remember. And I'm sorry, I'm just contradicting myself, but we're unbeaten <laughs> at home. Yeah. And yes, I know f- fans feel that we should be HMS the league, um, but what the league? There's a lot of good teams in this division. Chelmsford, for example, looked a very good team on Saturday. They were in the playoffs last season. We're not going to just walk over teams. Yes, we should be probably doing a little bit better, but for me, it's okay at the moment. It was where I was expecting to be in and around the playoffs after this amount of games, personally. I think there was... So after the game and, you know, before the post-match interviews and after the post-match interview, it's fair to say there was disappointment amongst Mark Cooper, Josh Staunton, that, you know, they weren't happy with the game. It's not a case of everything's rosy. Like in terms of the the performance and the result, I think they felt that that was there for the taking. Um, so I, I don't know. I think there's a disconnect between the 
what gets said in the post-match videos, interviews, compared to, you know, there, there's that element of here's what we'll say to the media and the feeling of what the, you know, what, what they're actually feeling about the, the result and the performance. Right. Let's take to Twitter or X, whatever it's called. We're going to rattle through these because I can't believe it's 20 past nine. Uh, right. Were you going to say something, Ben? No. <laughs> uh, Callum Hallett, who is your favourite Yeovil player ever and why? Gavin Williams, magician. Skivo. Enough said. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Callum. Uh, Hugh is Hugh. Evening. 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 Any news on results from the club's badge survey that closed back in July? No. No one's replied to the tweet, but perhaps there will be an update soon at some point. Let us know. Uh, has another question. What tie would you fancy for YTFC in Monday's FA Cup draw, given still at five-way regionalisation stage? Coatsy boy, not here tonight. Ben Barrett are allowed to answer. Couldn't give a shit if they wish. I'll go for bow tie, please. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Foxy, who do you want? I, I have no idea who's even in the in the draw, <laughs> to be honest. So South Western Wales, I think. Is it re I'm guessing it's regionalized? There's, yes. there's um, five regions. Yeah. South Western Wales, London, middle, up and left, up and right. Falmouth still in it. If Falmouth are still in it, I want to go and play Falmouth. I, think I, know, street, I know Street aren't still in it, but I would like to have played Street. <laughs> um, I think we get talky, and I think the BBC stream. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anywhere in Cornwall that doesn't have a plastic pitch would be would be great. Um, excuse for a weekend away in like <laughs> another one in a week's time. <laughs> Two weeks' time. Uh, right. Uh, Dexter Tyson, bonjour. Très bien. Ça va? Ça va bien, merci. In the football rule book, if you could get rid of one rule and then put your own rule in, what would it be? One? Jesus. Do you know what I want? This isn't really answering the question, but I want the six-second goalkeeper thing back because I used to love it when you'd count down from... You'd count to six and keep going and then the referee would be like, oh, shit, they've gone over six. (laughs) That still happens in the Thatcher's Terrace, by the way. <laughs> oh, jeez. I need more than a quick fire to go through some of these. This, man, this Ben's got to get the rule book out and see and which no, one is. Yeah, some of them are ridiculous. Well, uh, you've already got one, really. Your shirt number rule. Yeah, this, yeah, that, yeah I'm not a fan yeah. of that. Joe okay. Day needs to sort that out. His number's the wrong way around. <laughs> Why is it? It should be number 12. 12 or 13. They're both available. Hmm. It's not a 13 for me. He's more of a 21. Not a 20. Anyway. <laughs> Boxy, any rules? Um, yeah, to win every week. Okay. <laughs> uh, Robin Batchelor, does Staunton or Williams set up as defensive mid when we're short of midfielders? Did on Saturday, didn't he? Staunton has experience, yeah. but sounds like Morgan played well yesterday. Uh, I mean, Morgan Williams did nothing wrong. I think I, it's I more about... This is another one of the things that I find really frustrating because I've seen people saying, why is Williams playing in midfield? And then other people saying he's amazing and can play (laughs) anywhere. Like, if you're going to moan, be consistent. 
Yeah. I, I, I genuinely think you could ask Morgan Williams to do anything on a pitch, and he would. In the same way when we went and won that Wrexham game, he yeah. was watching was left wing back, wasn't he? Cold. he was watching videos of Ashley Cole on the bus to the ground. Because <laughs> the gaffer goes, you're playing left back, mate. And he goes, I don't know how to do that. So he sits there and I just think like that's his mindset. He could do anything. He's undroppable. Wherever you play him, he's got to play. Love how he watched Ashley Cole. Of like of all the <laughs> of all the benchmarks. It's like I'd go to England's best left back. Ever. Is that the uh, <laughs> is that the first one you, on YouTube if you just went best left back? Best <laughs> left back video. I'd have gone Roberto Carlos oh, and just practiced free kicks. Genuinely, I've just I've just done it. I've just best left back video. Ashley Cole was the best left back ever. Nine minutes and five of him being amazing. He was a good left Followed by Andrew Robertson. Not having that. Okay. Andrew Robertson. I know. Roberto oh. Carlos isn't even on the list. Okay. Okay. Uh, user 065. His actual username is at user 064232. Oh. He's, he's used the hashtag. So he, he they Din. used the hashtag. So they're in. Uh, firstly, was it really a dominant performance on Saturday? Secondly, did you ever deserve a win? Lastly, Mark Cooper was given carte blanche in the player market, stated there would be no excuses. Why is he giving so many? Has he given any? No. He's not given a single excuse, is he? I don't think so. He He hasn't blamed the pitch. (laughs) He hasn't blamed the pitches. He's not blamed injuries. He's not blamed Worthington being out. He's not blamed anything about anything. He's just said, look, we've not been good enough in those certain areas. They're not excuses. They're reasons. Yeah. I, 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 again, this is another thing that, you know, I've seen this no excuse thing a few times. If he's made them, show me. Because I, I haven't seen them. I haven't heard them. I've seen reasons. Um, You know, I don't think people, I, I don't think for a second people think we should be, Elliot Watts aside, maybe evening Wattsy, with your questionable maths earlier. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone thinks that it's no excuses. We need to hit 108, between 108 and 123 points. What's he? I don't think that's the no excuses. I think the no excuses line refers to we know what our target is and we know how we're going to try and get there. That's the no excuses. Our target is top seven. Top three is preferable. Top one is ideal. That's that's what no excuses means to me. And he hasn't blamed artificial pitches. He hasn't blamed injury. He hasn't blamed the fact that Jordan Stevens hasn't been ready yet. He hasn't blamed, he hasn't blamed Will Buse for the error he made in the second game. He just said he's just got to do better and get rid of it. He didn't blame anyone, didn't excuse anyone. I just don't under, understand it. And I might be getting picky on semantics and stuff, but I don't think he's made any. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think the same. I do think the same. I think, I don't know. Do we win the league? Do, are we going to win the league in August? Are we going to win the league in September? No. No, we're not. No. Offer me 72 points in a seventh place finish right now. I'm taking it. Absolutely, I am. This is a bloody hard league to get out of. Look at what Torquay are, 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 are faffing around with, losing against Avely after winning a number of games on the spin. Teams that were really high last year are flagging. There's no form guides that are making any sense at the moment. Avely is second. They get about six people at that place. You know what I mean? It's that it's It was just too early to, to figure it out. And... We don't have the situation of Scunthorpe where they are the best side by 7 million miles. Good teams in this league. It's disrespectful to the 23 other teams to think we should be walking this league. I'm trying to just see what, what happened in the 
in the previous seasons, what the tables were. So 85 would have won you the league last year, although absolutely got 103. 74 was playoffs, um, was the final playoff spot. But the way that the season's going, I think it's going to be a bit more truncated. I don't think it's going to need that many to get into a playoffs. I think it might need a few more to stay up at the bottom. Sorry, Weymouth fans. And yeah, Maidstone won it with 87 the season before. Yeah, I think that's probably about I think that's about top that you'll need. Chippenham got uh Chippenham got 59 points and were in the playoffs. Lost 59 Mays- points. Yeah, Maidstone lost seven games the season they won the league. Jesus. Drew six and won 27. Ebbsfleet's win last last season is an absolute anomaly then. 103 points. 85 would have won you the league. Yeah, 103 and that, that's, points. That's and they, the lost, they, lost, they lost seven games. Yeah. That's the only number that's been referenced is two points per game gets you 90-something points, which wins you the league more often than not. That's the only thing that's been referenced, not even as a target, just as a factual number. And that's where you've got to work towards. As it stands, we're on for about 71. And uh, stands, which probably would get you into the playoffs by sound of it. In uh, the season before the COVID season, uh, Wildstone lost seven games, finished with 70 points. And the season before that, Torquay won it with 88 points and lost eight games. Eight games? Yeah. Gee, eight games to win a league? Sounds like a lot. Is that a lot? I don't know. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I don't mean to be harsh on Yeovil fans, but I've had a really, just it's been a rubbish couple of days. What's his maths annoyed me? <laughs> okay, more questions, more questions. Moving along. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, David Coates, Coatsy Boy, long time listener and big fan of Ian's camping skills. Two questions, if he may. May? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it will allow him. As long as he's used the hashtag. He has, yeah. Should we be concerned at Jake Hyde and Frank Nublay's goal return? Two from seven games. We've covered that, yeah. Yes, we probably should. Is Josh Hours entitled to feel hard done by at the minutes he's been given to date? Possibly, possibly. And this is maybe where I... I don't want to get... I don't like getting frustrated at, at things, but if I was chatting to Mark Cooper, I'd be talking about the man management of... Josh Hours, who hasn't kicked the ball and has seen a centre back play in his, has seen a right back play in his position. I talk about the man management of Will Buse, about his future, about how he's going to be managed having a senior goalkeeper come in and go over the top of him. I'd, I'd like to know, actually, to be honest with you. Um, maybe Gary can enlighten us on the radio on Tuesday because I think he's doing the co-coms on the BBC and talk about how Josh has been sort of treated and, and he's been on every bench. He just hasn't got a minute yet. I'd, I'd like to know more about that situation because I was kind of excited about having Josh Hours. I think I said I'd rather have him in our team than playing well against us. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, I, I'd be interested to know more about, about our uh, Dawes as well. Another one who had a blinding pre-season, hasn't even made a match day squad yet. So he was I'd like to know a little bit more. Dawes, Dawes was out on the pitch um, before the game, uh, warming, up with, uh, warming, up, warming up with the players. Yeah. So for me, there's there are questions to ask. Don't get me wrong, but Ian's been away camping. hasn't had a chance to ask him yet. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they moved the presser last week. Um, I think I don't know. It's a difficult one. I mean, you can't just get everyone in the team. 
<laughs> we'd oh, said that at the start. Seven subs. Yeah, great. They'd you all be there, wouldn't they? Yeah, and like when we look at all that player, those forward players we've got as well, we've talked about this. Like, how do we get JMD, Jordan Stevens, Jordan Young, yeah. Frank Noob, Jake Hyde, Reese Murphy? How do we get them all in? Like Ollie Thomas until last week. Yeah, like he's, yeah. it's you know, Sunny. it's a challenge. Uh, right, three more to rattle through. Go. Um, well, this is a fourth one. Evening. What's going to be your final league position prediction from Martin Lee? Top I'll of the league. With, I'll stick with third. Top of the league. Foxy? I, well, I said top of the league. Okay, I'll there you go. Those. You said it now. It's too late. Yeah. Can't take it back. Uh, who's the fastest player you've ever seen at Hewish Park? Jordan Green is mine. No, what's he replied to this with the correct answer? Oh, yeah. did he? I did yeah. see that as well. Alan O'Brien. Alan O'Brien. Okay. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, it was rapid. I tell you who was quick. Zoltan Stiver. He could shift. Yes. Okay. Uh, th- Martin, th- that was Martin Lee. He's asked another one. So he said double evening. Um, evening, evening. Evening. <laughs> Why have Yeovil switched the Somerset Men's Premier Cup tie to away and an extra game on a plastic pitch? He's answered this. Answered the good people at Three Valleys Radio this one. He said simply to project our pitch. There we go. A long, hard season. We played lots of home games in a row in August. Pitch just needs time. He said something like the groundsman hasn't been, had a chance to get on it. So it's been switched for that reason. And actually, maybe a blessing in disguise. If we can go to Keensham, get, get a win on a plastic pitch and go, see, that's how you damn well do it. And maybe it'll work when we next play on a, on a league one. Give, gives us a bit more practice on it does on it yeah well. and yeah. we might we like you said we might possibly have six six or seven six saturday home games in a row possibly like if that. we get drawn drawn at home in the fa cup as well i am so close to saying there's a new rule that we're not allowed to talk about plastic pitches Ooh. i'm so close to it because it's it's really boring um right jonathan hooper says evening 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 after watching the highlights, here is what is shown from Yeovil attacks. Chances created from set play, eight. Open play, two. Chelmsford mistakes, two. Goal came from open play. Is this good enough? A chances created from set plays is eight, you said? Yeah. yeah. That's nine more than in any game last season. Um, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make that math work. Um no one's sitting here saying this is all lovely, by the way. Yeah. No one's sitting here saying, night, yeah, brilliant, let's have it. 11 points, brilliant, let's have it. Lost against Haven't away, let's have it. No one's saying that's okay. But we're saying, chill out. <laughs> so for now, it is good enough. So long as it gets better and you are relying on that next thing. It's the, it's the adage we've talked upon. Chelmsford point looks quite good if you go and beat Western Supermare. Lose against Western Supermare, and you're thinking, Jesus, we really should have won that Chelmsford home game to get into this game with a bit more. I thought we've improved since I watched us play against Truro. Yeah. And oh, again, man. even in the Haven't game, it was better than some of the dross I watched up north last year. Yeah. And we, and we, were, we were poor in the Haven't game. <laughs> oh, we were yeah. terrible. And... For me, just quickly on that, I would be more concerned if I was a Torquay fan than I am a Yeovil fan. The sheer fact for me personally is that we've had, in in our squad, we've had a big number of changes that have come into our starting lineup. They need time to gel. Yes, I know they're professional footballers, et cetera, et cetera. 
we they just need a bit more time to gel. And it looks like we are slowly improving game on game. Um, you know, our plays getting better than it had been at the start of the season from what I've seen at home. Um, Torquay, they've signed a couple of players, a couple of new players. Obviously, Finley Crask and Bradley Ash is um, two new players to their squad. But a lot of their squad, um, I think, stayed reasonably the same as last season. And yes, they are higher in the league than us, but only just. I think we, when our players are getting more and more used to each other, I think we we will have we'll see some more improvement moving forward. Cool. Last one. Yeah. Uh, almost a pro pilot says evening. 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 It's early, but who do you reckon is better? Joe Day or Grant Smith? Oh no, it's not. It's not. It's too early to make that comparison. Ask me right now. The answer is Grant Smith a thousand times out of a thousand. He had a great game the other day, didn't he? I don't know if you read. It. I was reading. Uh, I did like they had a nil nil, and he was yeah. And then um, time wasting. They did a sponsored tweet of the match sponsor. Yeah. And it was about saving money. And they went, if you, like Grant Smith, like saving, <laughs> click on this link and save 20% with our match day sponsor. Ah, yes. I like oh, Grant. Um, people are saying Mark Cooper isn't the right man for the job. So who would you say is? Um, I'm going to go for Mark Cooper. <laughs> I, I so mean, am it, I. Yeah, I do. depends what the job is. Um, if it's Yeovil Town Manager... <laughs> Right now, Mark Cooper. I don't. I don't. And that's because I don't know. You know, it's not my job to know who a, another manager is. Should you want to make that decision? But big shout out to the people on Facebook that are saying Lee Johnson. By the way, <laughs> no, he, was, he was managing in Europe three weeks ago. No, they're not that, saying that, Lee Johnson. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. I did. I I had a good chuckle. I had a good chuckle. Yeah, go get Lee Johnson. Yeah, that. Yeah, that'll happen. It's more likely to be Darren Way than Lee more Johnson. More likely to be Gary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Mark Cooper. I, for me, Mark Cooper is still still the right man for the job. He gets the season for me. That's going to be unpopular. <laughs> yeah, that message is not going to land well, Ben. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I think he gets until it's mathematically impossible for us to win the league. To win the league? That to to g- g- go up. Oh right. Yeah. Guess. Um. Okay. Morgan Williams can play centre back, right yeah. back, yeah, left back as well. I'm adding this one and sent CDM. Where else do you think he could also play? Everywhere. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think if we didn't have a keeper on the bench, let's have Morgan Williams as our you know our backup well. goalie. If it came uh, to it, right, where if we well nil down and you, you stick a centre back up top, it might as well be Morgan Williams at this point. Yeah, just he honestly, he has scored as many as Jake Hyde and Frank Nuble as well. So try and yeah. from everywhere. I think Clevo asked a similar question oh, God, earlier. Oh, I uh, yeah, it. I think it might be missed. Was he angry about it though? He said, "Is there any position Morgan Williams can't play?" Uh, but, but, say it like Clevo, please. <laughs> what? Not say it like Clevo angrily. Evening. Is there any position Morgan Williams can't play? Could he be the outfield keeper if something were to happen today mid-game? Oh, don't call my game mid. 
I'm not delivered. Yes, he could. Sorry, Clevo. I mean, t- Twitter's a piece of you know what, but I was on the hashtag and that one didn't come up. So I may have missed others, but I think we need to wrap this up because this one is long ting. On to Western Supermare. Quick shout out for the women today. 3-1 up. Game got abandoned on the 61st minute. Um, not sure on the official outcome of that game. Might have to be replayed. We wish the uh, Sydenham player, maybe the goalkeeper, I'm not sure, well in their recovery. 2,333 Oval fans there on Saturday. 700 more than any other Step two non-league fixture. Yeovaltown fans, again, doing themselves incredibly proud. 850 away, sold out, done, dusted for Western Supermare. Just the bloody best you lot, aren't you? Let's do the last proud on Tuesday. That's a different message than you've been saying for most of this podcast, Ben, but... (laughs) In in person, you're the best. okay. Keyboard, not so much. Right. Cool. See you on Tuesday. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trump, goal!